0: Praise God, praise God. Welcome to Genesis 1 Christian Ministries. Pastor Mike here. Praise the Lord, God. So glad you could join us. Are you excited for Christmas being right around the corner just a few days ahead? Oh boy, I know I am. I look forward so much to this time of year. Um, I love being able to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and that's what we're going to, to look at today. Amen, amen. But let's go into prayer first. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for this time that we have with you, Lord God, and we Pray that, that as we go about studying and listening to your word today and reading your word, that your Holy Spirit will be here with us to minister to us, to open our minds and eyes and ears that we can see and hear and understand what you're telling us through your word, O oh Lord God. We praise you and we just magnify that most wonderful name and we give this time and this space entirely over to you, O oh Lord God. Take it where you will for your honor and your glory and your praise. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen, and amen. Praise God, praise God. Well, boy, well, like I was saying, I hope you're excited to be. Uh, Among the land of the living, as we go into this Christmas season, and uh, and, and and talking about celebrating uh, the Christmas and so forth the, with your family and your friends, I hope you're planning a great celebration with some with some good food and nice festivities. With God in your midst, you know we uh, we always gather together to fellowship, and it's always wonderful to ask Lord and Holy Spirit and Jesus to join you and to be there in your midst, in your center, as you fellowship one with the other to enjoy. Uh, remembering the birth of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Uh, I don't want to sound cliched, you know, with the, the, uh, Jesus is the reason for the season, but it is the reason for the season. You know, it gets so commercialized with Black Friday and all the other things going on that we oftentimes forget uh, on why we are even doing this, you know, and that's what I want to focus on today. So look at, look at this gift that God gave us in the form of his only begotten son, you know, and, and what was really, really behind it. So that as we move forward in celebrating, uh, Christmas and remembering Jesus, that we really understand the significance and, and, and the, uh, the, uh, the value of, of what God, what God did to us, God did for us, you know, and for us to have a real understanding of the reasoning behind what God did and so forth, you know, and also to know that, that there's some history there. This history in the birth of Jesus, and we're going to look at some scriptures today that actually nail down to us that it was a very uh, a precise plan that God had and in, in from the time that he decided to to give his begotten son only begotten son to the time that Jesus was actually born. okay so we should be especially thankful for god's love and grace during this time. In, in looking at the, the why and the how it all came to pass. Amen. But let's go back uh, to a point uh, in the beginning for a little bit here. Let's go to, to uh, John 1, verse number 1. John 1, verse number 1. John 1, verse number 1. to some very familiar scriptures here. And If you don't have your Bible, again, I say always go grab your Bible and then come back and, and uh, hit, hit replay, hit resume, I should say, And uh, join back in. It's important for you to read and see these words for yourself so that you know that these are the words, Word of God, words of God, not my words. Amen. So John chapter one, verse number one, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Underline all of that. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. Amen? So you see the main scriptures I want to look at is verse 1 and 2 is, In the beginning was the Word. Now the Word here is Jesus Christ. This is talking about Jesus. In the beginning was Jesus and jesus was with god and jesus was god okay now we'll never understand fully exactly how god can be three distinct personalities you know we've heard some theological um explanations and so forth like that but but we know we, we refer to our god as, as as a triune god and of course this is referring to the trinity but the point i want to make here is that jesus christ was with god from the beginning in the beginning or for all of eternity you know, the word beginning there marks a line of demarcation, meaning that there was a start. But does eternity even have a start? <laughs> you know, God always existed. But in the beginning, though, God and Jesus were like this. OK, so therefore, Jesus is very much a part of God. So when we talk about, you know, Jesus giving his only begotten son, I mean, Jesus, this was someone that was very, very close or is very, very close to him. OK, so this helps us to think a little bit about our, um, our, how close someone is to you. You know, a father, mother, son, daughter, and imagine how close they are to you and the fact that you have to separate yourself and give them, to give them away, all right? But first I want to establish that Jesus was always with God, because it says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So they were extremely close, they were extremely close, okay? And then what I want to look at also is, is the other scripture here. If we go to John 3.16, you go to John three sixteen. You know what that scripture is all about. John three sixteen. Amen. John three sixteen. It says, "For God so loved the world that He gave He gave underline the word gave He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Whosoever believeth in Him should not perish." but have everlasting life, okay? So here we see now that the Word of the Scripture says there that, that God gave His only begotten Son. He gave. That's, this was the beginning of the original gift-giving, if you will, okay? But the gift that He gave, here, he gave is, is invaluable. It's not like any other gift that could be conceived of or thought of by man to give to another person he decided to give, and why did he give his only son to us? It says what it says that so that whosoever believes on him should not perish but have everlasting life. So we have this gift, this invaluable gift that now has the ability that that, that we can we shall not perish spiritually we shall we shall live eternally, everlasting life. What a magnificent gift that is, okay, and the only criteria, the only, the only the only requirement is that you believe in him. So first of all, this Christmas season, why don't you stop and ask yourself, you know, here I am celebrating Christmas and everything, the birth of Jesus Christ. Do I even believe on him? Do I believe in Jesus? Have I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior, as my personal Lord and Savior? Have I surrendered my life to him? (laughs) <laughs> Do I really believe in him to the point knowing of knowing that that, that if I come to him and give my life to him and, and realize that I cannot run my life on my own, I've already tried and just royally messed it up. I've tried to get out of so many scrapes on my own and it just hasn't worked. I believe in Lord Jesus coming into my life. Do you believe on him? I know, Lord Jesus, that you are the son of the living God. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin. Oh, Lord, just come into my life and take control. Okay, The word of God says that he gave Jesus to us so that if we believe on him, we should not perish. Amen? Amen. So this gift is, 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 is so valuable that it's beyond you know, our, our, our reasoning and understanding because we simply have to, don't try and reason and understand it, just simply believe on Jesus. And God says, here, I'm giving this gift to you. you know? I'm giving him to you. All you got to do is believe on him, okay? So, number one, during this Christmas season, what I submit to you, to all of us who are celebrating Christmas, take a few moments and spend a little time and ask yourself, do I really believe on Jesus? Okay? Okay? Among the festivities, you know, or before the festivities start, or right after you hear this message, or during hearing this message, start asking yourself, do I really believe in Jesus? Okay? Okay? You know, we're all going to die the physical death once, but then there's the life after that, okay? And every single human being on this earth, ever living, ever to live, as long as Jesus tarries, every single human being on this lift, on this earth will spend eternity in one of two places. Either it will be with God the Father in heaven, or it will be in hell, eternal damnation. Every single one of us, okay? This is not. This is not meant to be a doom and gloom message, but I'm simply saying to you that why Jesus, why God the Father gave us Jesus, His only begotten Son, was so that was so that, that, that if we believed on Him, we could have everlasting lasting life. Okay. Okay. So start with there during this Christmas season. That is something for you indeed to be, to be thinking about. Okay. Now we also see that um, this was not just a whim that this was, was a plan, it was something that was prophesied, it was prophesied actually back, in the, uh, back in, the, in the book of Isaiah, and if you go to Isaiah chapter 11, verse number 1, Isaiah chapter 11, verse number 1, you know, I would say God is, you know, I'll probably say it many times during this sermon, and have said it, and will continue to say it, but God is the master planner, he never does things by a whim or just, oops, let me think I'll do this, oh, let me think I'll do this, God always has a plan, okay? And from the time uh, uh back in the garden, after Adam and Eve did their thing and cast all of mankind into sin, God had a plan to redeem and to bring mankind back to himself, back to himself, to pave the way, okay, to open the door, to send in a Savior to save us, amen? God had that plan, Okay, so we see here relative to Jesus in in Isaiah chapter 11, verse number 1, and it says, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, underline that, out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch will grow out of his roots. Okay. The branch is Jesus Christ. A branch shall grow out of his roots and and the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. Okay. So here it's saying way back in Isaiah now, okay. Okay. That, uh, um, uh, uh from Jesse, a branch will grow. Okay. And that branch or that individual Shall the spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him. Now this of course is referring to Jesus. So way back then now God is saying through the prophet Isaiah that from Jesse Jesus Christ is going to be born. That's what this is saying. Okay? And to and to confirm that, to just verify it, let's go to Matthew. You know, I just love the way if you know, if you know how to find your way through Scripture, if you let the Holy Spirit guide you, everything in the Bible hangs together. You know, I've heard people say something. oh, your Bible contradicts itself. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It only contradicts itself to the person who doesn't know how to read it with Holy Spirit guidance. That's where it may appear to contradict itself. If you're reading this book through Holy Spirit guidance, there is no contradiction at all. It very much hangs very nicely together if you let God lead you through it. Amen? Amen? So, you see, it now, so Isaiah said, this is what's going to happen. From Jesse, Jesus Christ was going to be born. Now, we go to the book of Matthew. Okay, New Testament. Now moving forward in time, we go to the book of Matthew, and we look at Matthew, uh, Matthew one, Matthew chapter one. We're going to start with verse number one. Uh, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ, the Son of David, the Son of Abraham. Now I'm not going to read every single scripture here. I'm only going to stop at those verses with some with some significant names that you that you'll recall, you'll recognize. Okay, uh, verse number two. Abraham begat Isaac. Underline, you know that one. And Isaac begat Jacob, and Jacob begat Judas and his brethren. Okay? And then, if you jump down to verse number 6, And Jesse, we just read about Jesse, Jesse begat David the king. Underline Jesse. Jesse begat David the king, and David the king begat Solomon, of her that had been the wife of Urias. All right? Then we jump down to verse number 16. Okay? And Jacob begat Joseph the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. i highlight all of that. And of course, you know, every single name that's there. And Jacob begat Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called the Christ. And then 17 says, so all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations, And from David until the carrying away into Babylon are 14 generations. And from the carrying away into Babylon unto Christ are 14 generations. Okay. So here we see, and again, like I said, you can go back, you can read all the names in between those scriptures there. But you can see, as it was prophesied in Isaiah, okay, from Jesse, Jesus Christ would be born. That's exactly what happened. That's exactly what happened. Okay? So, again, in appreciating this time of year, appreciating Christmas, appreciating understanding the birth of Christ, understand who Jesus Christ is and how his birth has such significance. Okay? It was so significant to God. I mean, why didn't God just say, I'm going to send my only begotten Son, and boom, all of a sudden, Jesus appeared on earth. There was a distinct plan that God had to bring Jesus here. Okay? And as we know, getting into Old, Old Testament, I won't We'll get sidetracked from this Christmas message here, but but look at all that happened in the Old Testament, bringing Israel along, while they were looking for Messiah, while they were waiting for Messiah. Okay, okay, okay. Don't don't forget, don't forget. Israel had what in. in a way, it was like the Old Testament, at least they had the Pentateuch, the five books of Moses and so on, all right? So, and, and of course, we know that Jesus Christ read from the book of Isaiah when he was in the temple, so they had Old Testament to refer to, so they knew this Messiah was coming along, but but God the Father, he had a, he had a, a, a specific plan. He knew those individuals that he wanted to be in Jesus Christ's human bloodline, his human bloodline, Okay. Alright, okay. So so then we so we see there, we see there the, 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 the genealogy. Now we move forward again now. Let's go to the uh, go go to the book of Luke. Go to the book of Luke. Luke 1 verse 26. Luke 1 verse number 26. Praise the living God. Luke 1 verse 26. Okay. Praise the living God. And in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin espoused to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Now, we just read about them. Verse 28. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, and cast in her mind what manner of salutation this should be. She's probably laying there. She's saying, well, gee, why would this angel come in here all of a sudden and start telling me these things? You know, so she's wondering, you know, what's, what's going on? What's going on? Verse 30. And the angel said unto her, fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. Again, behold, Thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. So highlight that and write in your margin someplace. This is a promise that he's making there. Okay? That she's going to bring forth a son. Okay? Sometime God may come to you. Holy Spirit may bring a message to you planted in your spirit that God is going to birth something in you. That God has a plan for you. That there is something that he wants you to do. There is something that you are going to create. God may come to you and say that I'm going to do this wondrous thing in your life. How do you feel? How will you feel if that indeed does happen? Okay, okay. I mean, really something big, you know. I said to you uh, the last sermon that I think it was in that God's going to do a new thing. And he will do a new thing. How are you going to feel when God brings that new thing to you? How are you going to feel when God comes to you and says, I'm going to birth this initiative in you? I'm going to start these things, these chain of events through you. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, and you are going to bring this to path because I'm going to birth it in you. How are you going to receive it? Okay. The angel goes on to describe, uh, 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 verse thirty thirty two, he shall be great and shall be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Okay. Now, there's the devil in there planting that spirit of doubt into her mind right away. Because right away, what does she do? She goes back to the natural, okay? She knows how things normally work, how a woman becomes pregnant. You know, she said, I have never known a man, so how can this be? So she goes to the natural realm there. She's trying to figure out how can this be? Instead of understanding that this is what God said that I should do, or said will happen, okay? So when God comes to you, when God comes to you, and says that he's going to birth this thing through you, this initiative through you, these events are going to come to pass because it's going to come through something that he's going to tell you to do. So let the devil get into your your head right away and start planting that spirit of doubt there. And where you start going through your mind and start thinking in the natural, how can this happen? I don't have the education. I don't live in that location. So-and-so are not my parents. I don't know so-and-so. Okay, I haven't had the training I haven't, I can't, I won't, I don't, going through all of those negative things. When God says he's going to birth something through you, receive it, Saint of God, receive it. Receive it. And let this, let this conception in you take place. Let it take place. Don't stand back and try and figure out all the nine million reasons why you can't or why you won't. Amen. Amen. Just know that if God is speaking it full, He's going to bring it to pass. You see. You see? Now, now we know with 20, twenty twenty hindsight, and of course, reading the Scripture, knowing the Bible, and how this all came to be, that indeed it did happen. But at the time, if you can kind of get back into the place and time where Mary was at that particular time, when out of the blue this angel appears and starts telling her all of these things, which, 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 which in her training and in her mind and in her human thought process, just would be impossible. Okay. We know the outcome, but how would have you responded back then? How how will you respond tonight or tomorrow morning when the Lord is speaking to you about something that He's going to, to 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 conceive to conceive through you, or how you will conceive something through Him and get something done through Him? How are you going to receive that? Are you going to be like Mary at that point? Okay. The scripture goes on to say in verse 35, And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For with God nothing is impossible. For with God nothing is impossible. And Mary said, Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. And the angel departed from her. Underline that part, okay? Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Underline that and then write the word surrender. Underline that and write the word surrender in your margin. Because at that particular point, what did she do? She just threw it in and she said, be it unto me according to thy word. Okay. Okay. So, so when the angel explained to her that in verse number 35 said, the Holy ghost shall come upon thee and the power of high shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy things shall be born of thee shall be called the son of God. When you start challenging God in your mind, wondering about this thing that God has said he's going to birth in you, that he's going to birth through you, that you're going to accomplish, you know, when, when you start wondering all that, remember that how's it going to get done? The Holy spirit's going to overshadow you. The Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and lead you to do whatever it is that God is wanting you to do. Our God is a God of the impossible, okay? If God says that he's going to birth this thing through you, if he's going to bring you to carry out this uh, initiative, this mission or whatever it is that he may be sending you on, it's the Holy Spirit that's going to do the work. It says the Holy Spirit shall overshadow you. And then at that particular point in time, all you need to do is just simply stand back and surrender and say, Lord, have your way. Have your way. What what, were Mary's exact words? Um, Be it unto me according to thy word. So you stand back and you say, okay, Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Okay? God's going to do a new thing, saying to God. God's going to do a new thing. He's going to birth something through you. So during this Christmas season, when you're thinking about honoring Jesus Christ and you're celebrating his birth, remember, remember the the, 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 the conditions under which Jesus was birthed. This has become known has become known as the Immaculate Conception. I'm sure you know that, because she she conceived without being touched by a human man. She brought forth a child without being touched by a human man. Okay. Well, the same with that thing that God is going to birth in you. It's going to come through without any any human hands being on it. It's going to come through you without, without being touched by any human hands, but by, by, by not by your boss, not by your relative, not by someone that you know physically, but God is going to bring this through, through you. But you've got to believe it. And What better time to believe and to think about it now when you're celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen, amen, amen. So you said, be it unto me according to thy word. Be it unto me according to thy word. Amen, amen, amen. So then we move forward in, in Luke uh, Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verse number 1. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from uh, Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. Actually, that was a census. In other words, the decree went out saying that all of the world, the known world and at that point in time, uh, so, so, so come together because he's going to take a census. He's going to count for every single person there. Okay. He wants to count them. In verse number two, and this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria and all went to be taxed. Everyone into his own city. Everyone to be taxed went to be taxed. Everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth, out of the city of Nazareth, out of the city of Nazareth, unto Judea, unto the city of David, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David. Okay. Now see how God works here. Okay. Okay. God, God using human rules, if you will. God using human rules in this particular case, the census. God using human rules, the census. Okay, he used this to get Joseph to where he needed Joseph and Mary to be. And since Joseph was of the lineage uh, of, uh, he was of the, the lineage in the house of David, he brought him into Bethlehem. Okay. Now it's coincidentally, by the way, the word Bethlehem means house of bread, and we all know that Jesus Christ is also often referred to as the bread of life as the bread of life. Amen. 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 So, so God used this census thing, which was, which was man's idea, man's process, if you will, to bring Joseph and Mary to the place where he needed them to be. Verse number five says to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. The days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Okay, here they are in in a lowly manger because there's no room for them in the inn. Now this is another thing too with God. Here He's doing. He's He's letting His only begotten Son here be born in a very in very humble surroundings. Okay, they didn't send him to the best inn in town. There was no room there. You know, even if that was the best inn in town, they didn't send him. He didn't go to the inn. He went to a manger a lowly manger, wrapped him in simple swaddling clothes, not in purple robes, not in gold and fancy linens and things like that, but in swaddling clothes because there was no room in the inn. And verse number eight goes on to say, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them and the glory of the Lord shone round about them and they were sore afraid. The angel of the Lord came upon them, verse nine, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, uh, the angel said unto them, "Fear not." It is again, fear not, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a savior, which is Christ the Lord. Born you this day, which is a savior, which is Christ the Lord and this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe, you shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, let us now go into Bethlehem. And see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Okay, now at this point he's being referred to as a babe. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad. They made known abroad, saying saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Now, she's sitting there, she's just watching what is going on, okay? She knows what God told her through the angels. She knows what God told her, but now she's just pondering what here is happening, what's happening, okay? Verse, Verse 20, excuse me, verse 20. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, as it was told unto them. And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus which was so named of the angel before she he was conceived in the womb. Okay? So now again she's being obedient. She's doing exactly what the angel told her to do. Exactly what the angel told her to do. Amen. Named him Jesus. Alright? Okay? So then we see there now this talks about him being born. And so then we, we go to uh, we go back to Matthew here, because we want to look at the visit of the wise man. The wise man. We're gonna to go to Matthew 2 verse 1. Matthew 2, verse number 1. Okay? We're going to look at the visit of the wise men and the plot that was by Herod, King Herod at the time. Okay? Okay? They talk about an attack on Christianity now. The attack on the name of Jesus now. It was going on from the very beginning. The very beginning. The devil wanted Jesus out of the way. The devil wants Jesus out of the way now. This is why we Christians are... Having so much, you know, we, we hear all the issues there about talking about Jesus in many circles. He can't even say Merry Christmas. You know, and everything is referred to uh, or everything but Christmas in some cases I remember uh, i haven 't seen it too much or um, this year uh, i don 't believe it was last year or a few years ago, but it, all of the words Christmas were taken out of everything it was like you know winter holiday, winter festival or whatever you know even today, many of the decorations in the stores uh, or have anything to do with the actual nativity scene you 'll find more you know more Santa Claus and snowmen and reindeer, and all those other things you know but getting down to the real core in the meaning of, of Christmas, we, we don't see that much of in store. You can find some things. I'm not saying there's nothing there, but there's a lot more secular things referring to this winter holiday, if you will, or this season, you know, uh, for greetings. This is Christmas that we are celebrating anyway. It's Christmas, which is the birth of Jesus, okay? But we see that from the history, though, that, 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 that right after he was born, right away the devil, through Herod, King Herod, you know, came against him, okay? Now, we'll see that by going to, like I said, Matthew chapter 2, verse number 1. And when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen this star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled. Herald didn't like this. Okay. He was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. Okay. And they said unto him, in Bethlehem of Judea. For thus it is written by the prophet, quote, and thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah art not the least among the princes of Judah. For out of thee shall come a governor and that rule and uh, that shall rule my people Israel. That was the prophecy. Then Herod, verse 7, then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And all of a sudden, he's really diligently, I mean, he's really pressing in and trying to find out what time, what time the star appeared. When did they see it? Verse number 8, and he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search and search diligently for the young child. Now the scripture is referring to him as young child. Before it said babe, now it's saying young child. And when you have found him, Bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. Now we know that's a lie, okay? You see? You know, I want to go worship him also. Now they said that, that he was already he was troubled by hearing of his birth, but now all of a sudden tell me where he is so that I can go go and worship him also. Verse nine. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them till they came and stood over where the young child was. Young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him, him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. Okay? Now, just as a side note here, we see three gifts, there: gold, frankincense and myrrh. This is where we get the idea of three wise men. The, the Bible doesn't say anything about there being exactly three wise men. Okay. It says It says the wise men, the wise men presented three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Just, a, just as an aside, you know, nothing to get upset about, nothing to, to lose your faith in God over anything like that. But it's just simply saying that there were three gifts. It does not specify that there were three wise men. It says the wise men. But anyway, verse number 12. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. Okay, so they didn't fall through what Herod was telling them. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt. Now, it's telling God is telling them to go into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Okay? So God is giving them warning. God knows what the devil through Herod is trying to do. They want to destroy Jesus. They want to kill him off. Okay? 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 Okay. Okay. The devil doesn't know all of God's plan, obviously, because he is not God. Okay, but the devil knows that he is indeed the son of God. He wants to cut him off. The same way he tried to cut him off at the cross, tried to kill him at the cross. Didn't work. Okay, we know that he was crucified, but it did not kill and eliminate Jesus because he was resurrected triumphantly and defeated the enemy okay, defeated darkness and sickness and death, made a way for us to have eternal life, okay, so Jesus defeated him at the cross, but way back here, the devil wanted to stop him through Herod, okay, verse 14 says, when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night, and departed into Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, out of Egypt have I called my son, okay, again, there's prophecy there, okay, God knew, of course, what Herod was plotting to do. He told the wise men to go out another way and told Joseph to go into Egypt. Okay. And then in verse number, um, um, number 16, then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men was exceedingly wroth. He was very angry and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and all in the coast thereof from two years old and up under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Okay, okay. so here the devil figured now, okay, well, two years has passed by now. Okay, two years has passed by. That's why it was referred to, Jesus, Jesus was referred to no longer as a baby, it says, young child. Two years has passed by. So it says, I'm, I'll fix all of that. Any child from two and under, kill them all, kill them all. Okay. Assuming that Jesus was still there, God had taken Jesus out of there. Okay. Right. 17. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy, the prophet saying in Ramah, there, uh, there was there a voice heard lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they, they are not. This was because of all the, the killing, uh, that was done there by by Herod. Verse number 19. But when Herod was dead, Behold, an angel of the Lord appears in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and go into the land of Israel, for they are they are dead, which sought the young child's life. And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came unto the land of Israel. But when he heard the archaeologists did reign in Judah uh, in the room of his father, Herod, he was afraid to go thither, notwithstanding being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth. He came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophet, "He shall be called, be called a Nazarene." Thus, Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. Amen. Jesus of Nazareth. So this is our Lord and Savior. This is this is this is the history, if you will, of, of the plan to birth Jesus Christ. On this earth, to bring him into this earth. God giving him to, giving his only son so that we could have eternal life. This is what we are celebrating at Christmas time. Okay? And when we understand the background and the gravity of, 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 of the painstaking, wondrous plan that God the Father worked out to bring his son here and to birth him and, and to, to let him grow and everything, this is what we should also be remembering at this Christmas time, on Christmas Day. When we get up in the morning and we greet our kids, or family, you know, husband, wife, brother, sister, mother, whoever is in our household, and we say, say, Merry Christmas, say also, Merry Christmas, Lord Jesus. I do that. We taught our kids as they were growing up to say, Merry Christmas, Jesus. You know, you know, remembering, remembering who he is and thanking him, you know, thanking him for all that he did. Because this was just this was just the beginning of I mean, his being born. We all know what his ministry entailed as he things going on down the road and everything like that, you know you know his his witness, um, his ministry, what he prophesied, we, we, we know the, the 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 passion, the torturing that he had on the cross, and we know his death and, and resurrection and everything, okay, but at this time of year, you know in in celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ, remember again the importance of what God did for us the importance of giving His only begotten Son so that we could have eternal life. Amen? Amen. This is not a trivial season. This is not a, a season that's filled with, you know, you know going shopping and going to the store and everything, and a lot of gift wrapping and everything, you know, which is, which is wonderful to do. I'm not taking away from any of that. All I'm just saying is that remember our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Remember what He did for us. Remember what He continues to do for us. You know, our Lord and Savior is not dead—not by a long shot. He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Before He left, He left us the wondrous Holy Spirit to guide us. You know, so again, during this time, during this season, you know, in addition to the gift that God gave us, you know, look forward to what God may be wanting to birth in you. Okay, what God may be wanting to birth in you. And if and when that time comes, you do like Mary. They just simply surrender and say, "Okay, Lord God, do with me as you will." Okay, I surrender, Lord God. I will do whatever it is that you tell me to do, and have no fear, because if Holy Spirit is giving this uh, a, a thought to you, if Holy Spirit is giving this mission to you, if if Holy Spirit is giving this event to you for you to bring into to bring through uh, into fruition here, you know, for you to birth and everything, you just go on and willingly just receive it, conceive it. Receive it and let it be conceived in you. Amen. Giving God all of the glory and all the honor all of the way. Amen. Amen. This is a wondrous time of year, saints of God. Wondrous time of year. You know. I hope you have a very, 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 very merry and very, very blessed Christmas. Enjoy it with family, friends, loved ones, okay? as much as you can. Okay, And let the Lord be in your midst every single step of the way. Amen. Amen. And if you're being blessed by these messages, you know, then I encourage you uh, to either continue coming to, to this website or, um, on uh, salem.net, genesis1.salem.net. The address should be below there. Or you can also get to us through um, Genesis, uh, www.genesis-one, O-N-E dot org. www.genesis-one. O N E dot org, okay. And when you get to the Sermon dot net website, you know where you see the podcast listed. If you look on the top right hand corner of the page, you will see a subscribe button. You know, I encourage you to push that subscribe button, okay. Then you'll get notification automatically every time these sermons are made made available uh, through your through whatever your desirable uh, podcast application is. You can also get to us through i through um iTunes. We have uh, apps available for i for um. Uh, Whether your Android phones as well as your iPhones on the Android, you know, Google Play store or at the Apple store. Amen. So there are many, many ways to find us. Okay. And uh, I pray that you're being blessed. And again, um, go forth this day and, and have a wondrous day today, this Sunday, or whenever you're hearing this, and have a wonderful time celebrating our Lord on, on Christmas. Again, I say Merry Christmas to you all and God bless in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.